So um, today, what I wanted to do was talk about um, an element within within Purim. Um, it's an idea that that I, I believe I heard from my, my rabbi Rabbi Tversky, um, about understanding um, one of the most, I guess, fundamental elements of what Purim is supposed to be—a day of simcha—and uh, understanding that, you know, uh, in the context of how we typically understand simcha, because because I I guess. I guess this year Purim will look more like a regular Yantif. Hopefully not too much. But, uh, but, uh, but a, year, a regular Purim, the Simcha of Purim does not typically, um, and even this year, does not really speak to the Simcha that we talk about, for example, on Yantif, right? where we have a requirement of Simcha on Yantif as well. It doesn't necessarily look exactly the same. In fact, in, in many ways, it looks very different. Um, so you look at source number one in Yeshiv, the Gemara in Tainus, a very well-known Gemara that says, Amar of Yehuda, Bereder of Shmuel, Bar Shilos, Mishmed the Rav, Keshem Shemichnas Av Mimatim B'Simcha, Kach Mishenichnas Adar Marvim B'Simcha. So just like when Av enters, we are mimayet, we minimize our Simcha in our lives, right? We have certain actual protocols for how to do that, right? Things that we no longer do, the way we bathe, that you'll get haircuts, we don't listen to music, all the things that we do during Av, and all those dinim are really Av dinim. We extend them to, 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 Yigim, to Yudzayim Batamuz, it's Ashkenaz, and we like to make our lives more difficult. But really, uh, from the Gemara, these dinim are really start from Av. Um, and so on, in Av, we might make our Simcha a little bit less. So sit in the same way, in the same way, when other comes in, so we are, right, we, we are Marba, we are, make our Simcha greater. I heard it said, I cannot remember who's, who it was quoted from, but someone, someone real, um, said, you see the language of the, of the Gemara, mimatim b'simcha and marvim b'simcha. What's the borderline? What's the, the, you know, the baseline that we always assume, right? Even do Hashem b'simcha. That there should be a little shalom b'simcha all the time. I love that. That was a beautiful word. We just, it's just a question of how much you dial it up, right? There's never atzvos. There's never sad. We're never sad. We just have more simcha or less simcha. Right, that's a very. That's not what I was here to talk about today. But I think it's such a nice word that I heard. Um, and I think I. Uh, oh, I know it was. It was from um, Shimon Schwab. Apparently, I think I heard it in this quote from Schwab. That Schwab says that that we, we the baseline is simcha. It's just how much, how much less. But fine. But nevertheless, it's a very interesting idea because we don't have like Misha Nichnas Kislev, Mar Misimcha. Right? Why, why the whole month of other? Um, and, and second of all, what's, what should the Simcha, like we said, the Simcha of Purim, what's that supposed to look like? What do you mean, Marvim Simcha? In what way? Right, how do we define Simcha in Halacha to know that in Adar we're supposed to do more of that? Um, and, and number three, uh, you saw in the title, the, the Rizal writes that we don't call it y- Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is not Yom Kippurim. Yom, Yom Kippur is really Yom Kippurim, right? Ke in Hebrew is always like. Uh, they like Purim, um, which implies that that Pur- Yom Kippur is like Purim, meaning it has an has an an element of it that is similar to Purim. Uh, meaning, and meaning, if you're trying to be like something, that means that that thing is actually probably the the actual right the 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 real prototype is that item. I want to be kid like that thing, so that means that I'm only it's only like an like a copy. Right? Like Yom Kippur is only like a copy of Purim. It's trying to be like Purim. So it's not like, you know, we say that as like a, a fun, cute, cutesy thing, but that's the Arizal says that. So what does that mean? 
And, and if anything, if you could think of two days that are more different, right? The, the days of Yom Kippur and the days of Purim. Uh, Purim is a day of Kulo. Ask my kids. What is Yom Kippur about? If you ask my children, their answer is candy. Right? That is what Purim is. Purim is a day of, of, of food, of eating, of enjoying, of singing, of dancing, of eating and drinking. It's all, it's all a food. Can you hear me? I'm stable. I'm unstable. I'm okay still? Okay. We lost you for a minute. I don't know if I was the only one. No, I, was, I saw it from me. So let's see where we go. If I have to, I'll, I'll dial in if we, if we find that we need it. Um, if you find me becoming unstable, let me know. Raise your hand, whatever, and I'll, and I'll, I'll just dial it. Um, so the, but, but right, the, the, the two most opposite days of the year in a certain sense. Um, and nevertheless, one is considered like the other. So what does that mean? How do, how do we, how do we deal with that? Fine. So if we want to, if we want to answer the question, right? So you got to look at the mitzvah of Simcha and Yantif and what that means. Right? If we want to say, you have to look at what is Simcha, right? How do we define uh, simcha typically. So, what, what would be the answer to that question? How do we define simcha typically in, in, in halachic terms? What do we usually say? Meat and wine. Good. And nice clothes. Good. So, ain simcha ella right? The idea of simcha includes meat and wine. Where does that come from, by the way? It's not just that's what people like. The Rambam writes that. That's what people like. You know, um, but it's also that meat and wine are, are reflective of the basar shlomim, right? Your person would have an an yomtiv. Every person, every family would come to the base of Mikdash and bring a, right, bring a korban. You'd eat the korban shlomim. In simcha but the, the, the action you're supposed to do is to bring the meat, right, for the korban, and also to drink the wine from the nesachim that were used again on the mizbeach. So in in simcha alabbasarayayin is a reflection of the of the food that they would have as as in the base of Mikdash. Good. Lior mentions also nice clothes. Rambam says you should buy nice clothes for the members of your family. You should buy the kids toys. If whatever it is that you like, right? If you like food, then it should be food. If you like nice clothing, you should get nice clothing. Whatever it is that you that, that brings you simcha on yantiv, that's what you're supposed to do. That's the idea of you know buying special yantiv clothes and having special yantiv foods and buying special yantiv toys. All that is real. That's not just like shtick. That is a reflection of simcha's yantiv. Okay. So in that sense, we can understand that there's a certain element of simcha on Purim, which is a physical experience, right? Which is actually very similar to the physical experience of Yantif. In, in that way, that, that is similar, similar, right? We eat and drink and we enjoy Yantif in the same way. Fine. But, but there's a very interesting question that Rabbi Soloveitchik raised. Um, and has been said over in a lot of different contexts. And I've probably said it over in Shul before because it's a very, very, it's a beautiful idea. And that is why is it that there's no Kabbalah Shabbos? Or, sorry, we have Kabbalah Shabbos, we don't have Kabbalah Siyantif. We may have mentioned this idea here before once also. All right, why, why is there such a thing, Kabbalah Shabbos? But Kabbalah Siyantif we don't have. So what's the distinction? Why do we have Kabbalah Shabbos? Let's start with that. What is Kabbalah Shabbos? What does that mean? I heard, I heard once that it's because um, Shabbos Hashem comes to our home, but on Yantif we go to his home. Bingo. Just writes that. That's ex- Who writes that? I think, Pink- I think it's in Rafinkas' Shabbos. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Rabbi says the same exact idea. Correct. That, that we have a, that on Shabbos, what happens? On Shabbos, we welcome the Shechina into our house, right? That's why we go out. The Gemara says, look at source number two. Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina would wrap himself up and go out to greet the Shabbos. Let's go out to, right? Bowikala, Bowikala. That comes from this Gemara. 
right? Rabbi Yana lovish mani male Shabbos for Amr Bowikala, Bowikala, they would go out into the fields and they would welcome in the Shabbos. This is going on in Tzfat, right? For, for you know, in the, in the 1500s became something that, that's when the idea of like actual Kabbalah Shabbos became much more, uh, you know, mainstream. Um, to actually have a tefillah for it. But even if it wasn't a tefillah, there was a spread pr- approach of having the Shekhinah come to your house. That's why we say, Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharis, Malachi Ayon, that when a person comes home from Shabbos, the Malachim, you know, uh, walk them home. And they, and they want to see, how did you get your, your house ready for the Shekhinah who's coming to visit? Right, the Kosh is coming to visit. We get the house ready. We get everything set up because the, Ma- the Shabbos queen, which is representative of the Shekhinah, the presence of the Kosh which is a feminine, right? Shekhinah is feminine. So that's why we call it the Shabbos Malka. Right, it means the presence of Hashem is not feminine or masculine, right? But it's just the presence of Hashem coming into the house. So that's all represented by Kabbalah Shabbos. Hashem comes into the house. Good. What happens on, but what happens on Yantif? We don't do that. Why don't we do that? Because Shabbos has nothing to do with our home. Shabbos has to do with... Uh, sorry, Yantif has nothing to do with our home. Yantif has to do with Hashem's home. Right, what happens? Source number three. Shalosh, palmim b'shana, yeirei kozuchuchas peneha don Hashem elokei Yisrael. It's our job during Yontif to go visit God at His house. Right, we don't have the experience of welcoming. There's no kabbalas Yontif because on Yontif we're not supposed to be at home. On Yontif we're supposed to be going to visit a kadosh baruch at His house. You should be seen at the, the, the house where a kadosh baruch is. So, so, so Salavitchik said the idea of the reason there's no kabbalas shab, kabbalas Yontif is because it makes no sense. Like Shabbos is the time we welcome the Shekhinah to us, but Yantiv is the time when we go visit Akadosh Baruch Hu. right? And that's when we go lifnei Hashem, and that's and and the and so what is the and, and how does the Torah talk about that experience of going going in front of Akadosh Baruch Hu, going to visit Him? Source number four, over and over again, whenever the Torah talks about the mitzvah of Simcha, which is not found by the way on Shabbos and only found on Yantiv, it always says. Right? Every representation of Simcha is always a feeling of being Lifnei Hashem. Look at source number four. Bring the Dalaminim. And then again it says later, And this is by not only uh, Sukkot is by Pesach and by Shavuos also always a sense of being the Fnei Hashem. Whenever you have the language of Simcha on a Yantif, it's always represented by standing in front of a Kaddish Baruch. Okay. Um, fine. So the, the, the definition right, of Simcha, yes, we have Ein Simcha but the, 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 the definition in the Torah of Simcha is feeling yourself of being in the presence of a Kaddish Baruch. Okay. Um, and it's also relevant to um, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as well. Look at source number five. So the, the, the mission there is talking about a person who, who you know, if a person had, a, had to do a kfura, a person passes away before Yantif, and that, it, that Shiva, is, Shiva is, is, is annulled, etc. And the Gemara says, in the mission, says, but the bottom line is, um, they talk about whether a, a Yantif, a Regal, has the ability to actually cancel Shiva, which we should never have. But the bottom line is that the, the last line in that mission is Rabbi Gamliel Omer, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippurim, Kirigalim. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur are like a regal. Okay, why am I talking about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? Well, the, well, there's a problem here because if the if the mitzvah of Simcha is always determined by being Lifnei Hashem Lokechem, right, and that's what a regal is all about, well, then when do I ever find the idea of Simcha on a regal? 
uh, sorry, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur are not days of Simcha. In fact, there's no mitzvah. It doesn't, well, there's nowhere in the Torah does it say, Usmach Hashem when it comes to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's no such thing. But we do have the, the Rambam, who actually does say, um, in some places, seems to imply that there is a mitzvah of Simcha on Rosh Hashanah. So the question is, how can that be? How can there be a, you know, a mitzvah of Simcha on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? There's no only other regal those days. Right? If, if the Simcha is all about being the Fnei Hashem, standing at the base of Mikdash, so how can that, how can that be? So, so the Rav used to say, I'll tell you exactly how. What does the Torah say about, what, what does Chazal say, and the Tanakh say, about uh, the experience of Rosh Hashanah? What is it? So, so the Tanakh says, right, that uh, it's, it's what, what makes us have this separation between us and Kharash Baruch in general, it's our Averos, right? When we do things we shouldn't do, that creates this boundary, this wall between us and Kharash Baruch And what is Rosh Hashanah Kippur all about? Breaking that boundary down. Right? So, so the Rav used to say the, the Simcha on Rosh Hashanah Kippur is not a Simcha of standing in front of a Kaddish Baruch because we don't go to the Beis HaMikdash. Very few people went to the Beis HaMikdash on Rosh Hashanah Kippur. There's no mitzvah to do so. But when we have a process of tshuva, right, I find myself then standing Lifnei Hashem in the ultimate sense. Okay, maybe I'm not physically standing there, but I'm in front of a Kaddish Baruch I, I don't have a separation between me and him anymore. We've kind of broken through. And because we've broken through, now I have this opportunity to stand Lifnei Hashem in the most ideal way. So the Rav said, that's why even, Rashan, even though on the days of Rosh Hashanah Kippur, which are not actually days of Regalim, nevertheless you can have this idea, the possibility, as the Raman writes, the possibility of, of uh, Shalosh Regalim, sorry, of Rosh Hashanah Kippur being like a Regal, or them even having a mitzvah of Simcha. Why? Because again, there's a sense of standing with Hashem. I, I'm now finally having this intimate relationship again, which was, which was you know, murky before those days. Okay. Um, but, but so what? Where, how, where do we go with that? So there's actually another idea, other case that relate to this also. When you look in source number six, the Gemara in Brachos. Right? From the day the base of Mishra destroyed, Hashem only has the four Amos of Halacha. What in the world does that mean? So I heard once Rabbi Solovsky actually said that the base of Mikdash, and this is just true, the Beis HaMikdash, right, if you remember, there's two things that were on the Harabayas, which we don't usually think about. There was the Beis HaMikdash, and right next to the Beis HaMikdash was the Sanhedrin, right? The place where the 72, the, 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 the Supreme Court of, of Judaism was also on the Harabayas. That's why we say, Ki Torah Dvar Hashem Yerushalayim, right? That, that Sion, that Yerushalayim is the place where Torah emanates from. Why is that true? We didn't get the Torah on Har Moriah. The answer is because the Sanhedrin sat there. And that was the place where everything, all of Torah emanated from. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is no, longer has a, no longer has a house, where does he live now? He doesn't live in the place where Torah emanated from, but he lives in Torah. He lives in every place where we learn. Every time you have people learning Torah, what happens? The Shechina shows up in that spot. And that's source number seven. It's Gemara Mishnah Navos. Rabbi Chalaf, the Ish Kfar Hanania Omer, Asara Sheyoshvin Ovoskin Betorah, Shechina Shuro Right, you have 10 people learning Torah, the Shekhin is there, and it goes all through. How do I know if even less, even fewer people, even five people, etc., etc., even two people? And basically goes to the point, but the last, last line there, wherever you mention the name of Hashem, my name says Hashem, I'll show up. Pesach Ron likes to say that when we daven, we talk to Kadosh Baruch Hu, and when we learn, Kadosh Baruch Hu talks to us. Right? That when we, when we learn, so we invite the Rebbe Shalom into our, 
into our, into our space, right? Into our Dalad Amos in a certain sense. So, okay. And that's why learning Torah right, also creates that experience of Alifne Hashem, right? Even though, again, I'm not standing at the base of Mikdash, but when the base of Mikdash is gone, so where does the Kaddish Baruch Hu end up? He ends up in a place where people sit and learn Torah together. Okay. If that's all true, now we can start to understand what's going on on Purim. Right? Because Purim has a special day, a special significance in the day of Purim, not just of a day where we were going to be killed, God saved us, let's eat. Right? It's not, it is that also. But it's not only that. Right? That's, that, that would be, that, that, that doesn't get to the depth of what Purim is all about. Right? Because Purim, at the end of the day, was the day of Kabbalah's Torah. Source number eight. Gemara we've quoted like so many times by now. We've talked about it so many times as Gemara. Right? Then when it came time for, for uh, Kabbalah's Torah, what happened? They sat at the base of the mountain, and says, says the Gemara, Hashem held the mountain over our heads. We mentioned before, I think the, the Marsha says, yeah, what does that mean? It means that the clarity, the vision was so clear right, that it was Ke'ilu we were forced. We, had, we, we saw Kadosh Baruch with our own eyes. We were Mamish the Hashem. So there was no ability to, to not accept the Torah because it just was so clear to us, right? So what does the Gemara say? So the Gemara says, So Hashem said, You accept the Torah, great. But if not, sham If not, this is going to be the place where you get buried. There's a, on this, as a side note, there's a beautiful word that the Bali Musa say. Right? That, if, that if you accept the Torah now, you're not. Sham sham? Sham means there, over there, later. Right? Whenever you have an idea, you have inspiration to do something, sham I'll do it then, I'll do it later. That's the end. That's the, the burial of that idea. Whenever the, whenever the response to, I want to do something, and you and respond with, oh, I'll, do it, I'll do it later. So that's always the end of that idea, right? But whatever, that's, just, that's a side point. I'm going to say that. It should be, po, do it right now. But anyways, so what? So, so what happens at that moment? So the Gemara responds, the Gemara responds, Amr Bachabar Yaakov, Mikan Modar Rebel Arisa. He says, wait a second. If that's true, that we were forced to accept the Torah, so what does that mean? So we're not on the hook. So if we don't keep the Torah, what do you want from us? We, didn't, we only accepted it because you made it so obvious to us and forced us so we have no responsibility to keep the Torah for generations going forward. That was their problem. They got forced. But, we, we, but what do you want from us? It's not, it's, we didn't accept it because we wanted it. So, well, don't worry. They did accept it later. That was in the days of Ahasuerus. Why? So this is a, a well-known Pasuk, but maybe not understood exactly what it means. The Pasuk says that we accept it again. That we ex- re-accept the Torah, the experience of, of, of Purim, the essence of a Kadosh Baruch Hu still being in our lives even when we couldn't see him, was so powerful that Am Yisrael decided to accept the Torah again. But how do you know we accept the Torah again? What does that mean? That we accept the whole thing again? Where do you, how do you know that? So the Maral in the Sefer Or Chadash, which is his parish on the Megillah, explains how we know. In source number nine, he says, Ki kasher sifu mikra Megillah. We always think about it, right? The, the first mitzvah that was ever added to the Torah or added onto Judaism was the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. The four mitzvahs of, of Purim are the first mitzvahs ever added. Chanukah, remember, happens later during the second base of Middash, right? Purim happens between the first and second base of Middash. At that point, Chazal had never added any holidays and never added any mitzvahs. That's, by the way, when you talk about the, when there's a conversation about Yom Ha'atzma'ut, this is always the Gemara you go to. Right, this, the, oh, sorry, not this, this Gemara, but the Gemara in Megillah, which talks about how they added on the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. That's the first time you ever have the addition of a new mitzvah or a new holiday in any way. So the Gemara there says, right, he quotes the Gemara here, 
Memches Nevi'im V'Shevin Nevi'os Amdul Yisrael. There was 48 Nevi'im and 7 prophetesses who all stood for Yisrael. V'Kulam L'Pachsu V'Lahosif Al-Torah Afila Os Achas Chutz M'Mirka Megillah. None of them. No prophet ever added anything to, to the Torah because you can't. But Yisrael Bat Hosif you're not allowed to add to the Torah except for until we got to Mordechai and Esther. And they added on to the Torah. They added the Mitzvah M'Mirka Megillah. So what? So it says the Maral. So I'll explain to you what does it mean Kibu V'Kibu L'Hayudim. This is a very important idea in Avodah Hashem in general. Right, if, if you're going to add on something new to, to Torah Mitzvah, what does that mean? There is an expectation or an assumption that you've already accepted the baseline. Right, we don't actually, it's not actually a 614th. Right? It's not really a 614 It's their But if you're going to add something, what does that mean? So we have, you always have, like, you know, I have this all the time, guys in Yeshiva, like, okay, like I want to do something extra. I'm going to start to... You know, whatever you give you your, your, your new humra that they want to keep, which is beautiful and so nice. So like, that's great. You're going to like do something extra. That's amazing. So it's great to do something extra. Let, let's just talk first. Like, are you coming to minion every day? Right? Are you like putting on tefillin seven days a week? Are you, do, are you keeping like baseline mitzvos first before we go pile on new humras? Right? Am I like... Am I, am I totally careful with my kashras? Am I totally careful? Whatever it is, your, ba- your, your basic mitzvos, right? Are we doing those? Well, good. Now let's build on to the second thing, right? Let's go on to the extras, right? Because it, it, it's, it's hard enough to keep, because if we, if we skip steps, it's not healthy in Avodah right? So says the Maral, the same thing here. If you're going to have Amisol deciding for the very first time in the history of the Jewish people to add new mitzvos, Megillah, Mishloch, Manos, Matanos, Yonim, Suyas, Purim, you're adding new mitzvahs for the first time. That, that brings with it the assumption that what did you do first? You have also accepted the entire Torah first as it was, as it was meant to be originally. So the, the fact that they add something, says the Maral, that is what tells me, that's how I know that they also reaccepted the entire Torah. So that's what Kimu Vekibla Yudim really means in the Gemara. Right? The fact that you add tells me that you must have known already, you must have made an, uh, had an acceptance of everything. Okay. Um, fine. But the, the point is, right, if, if our ability, so, so what does that mean? So that means that, that the day of Purim, and, and by the way, that acceptance doesn't come because the Kodesh lifts a mountain over our heads, and that acceptance of Purim, of the Torah doesn't come because, you know, we were afraid, because we're going to get punished if we don't. It came because we saw what happened. We saw this whole story where we were supposed to be destroyed. There's no hope. We fasted and we dived in the tshuva and we turned to Rebbe Shalom and something miraculous happened. We were saved. And everyone saw, not with, uh, you know, uh, fire and, and brimstone and not with, you know, uh, the sound of the shofar and not with Moshe Rabbeinu standing in front of us speaking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with, with, a, with a veil over, over our eyes where we couldn't, couldn't see anything and know who's controlling anything. We see the Rebbe Shalom kind of reach his hand down and take care of us. And so Amisha on their own come and say, you know what? Now we're really in. We see it for ourselves because we want it. Ba'ava. Because we're just so overwhelmed by a Kaddish Baruch Hu's chesed to us. Even a Kaddish Baruch Hu who we don't see and we can't touch and we can't have, any, have a hard time finding connection to. And nevertheless, we're ready to do that. And that, exper- that experience led them to a Kabbalah Torah, right? an appreciation for Torah mitzvahs, living that life. Um, okay, so if that's true, what does it, it take me to? 
right? If the if the simcha of of uh, ayantif right is supposed to be a simcha of lufnei Hashem, right? Of standing in front of Kadosh Baruch at the base of Mikdash, right? Or the simcha of Rosh Kippur is a sense of awe, like wow, like I, I did it, we got through it. I, I, I'm chucking my old ways, and now we're living a new life, and now and now I have this 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 clear connection with Minim Shalom. And that's what Simcha is all about. Now I can understand why that other has this incredible amount of Simcha. Because it's a Simcha that comes from a Kabbalah Satora, a Simcha that comes from a sense of clarity, that there's a God in my life, right? And a Simcha that comes from this feeling that that God who I can't see and I can't touch and I sometimes can't feel, right, is, is right there with me. And there's no greater feeling, right, than feeling that sense of being Lifnei Hashem. I don't feel it. It's not in the same way like we do on Yantif. It comes and it comes from the most powerful place, a place of our choosing it, our place because we want it. Um, okay, I just talked a lot. Does this make sense? Okay, so far, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so fine. Um, and, and and that, by the way, is what the what the Rami Iri writes in source number ten. Right, we talked about the simcha of, of, of Purim. And I'm like, it's going to bring us to a piece in Revolver, which I think is really nice. But the Miri the, 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 the writes this, mm-hmm. This day of Purim is supposed to have a ton of simcha. You shouldn't be lacking anything. We're not supposed to get you know, so drunk that we can't do anything, experience the day in a normal way. Right, we're not, the, the simcha is not a simcha of holos, v'shal shtus, elav a simcha shal tanuk, shenagia mitocha la'avas Hashem, v'odah al-anishim sh'asalam. The goal of Purim is a day of avas Hashem. It's a day of recognizing that we chose Hashem. He chose us and we choose Him. It's like this day of like getting married to Him, in a certain sense. And that's why the simcha is so pure and so different than the simcha even of a yantif. But I want to show you something, a really cool idea that I found in Rovobi. Which person did not quote this, but it's really, really nice. Um, that's in source number. It's the next one. Eleven. I don't know if it's even. I don't even, even number. And Rebbe says like this: Mishenichnas adar marim besimcha kamo beav shemimatin besimcha sheperusha mimatin vehochin. Right again. Av. How do we get less? It's it goes right step by step. We do everything step by step in Judaism, right? So we start with the nine days. Then we move to Arab Tishabov, then we move to Tishabov itself, etc. Right? So we slowly, slowly, less and less and less simcha. Um, we should really be stepping up our approach, the amount of simcha each and every day of other. Right? We don't usually think, so say, no. Just like an Av, we slowly, slowly move down, and other also, we should be slowly, slowly moving up. It's a, it's a real personal avoda to sort of sprout, allow simcha to grow. It's the opening myself up to simcha. I have to understand, he says, what does that mean? How do you like slowly grow your simcha? Again, this same idea that Rizal, that, that Yom Kippurim, that, that Yom Kippur is only like secondary to Purim, how could that be? So he writes, Kasav Nibakuntra Zachasad. We said before, Kiyaava, I just made a mistake by the way, what I said to you before. This is not Revolvi. This is, um, this is uh, Rav Dessler. Okay? Rav Dessler is going to quote himself. Um, that what is, 
what is um, the that Rav Desser has a, a, a concept in his sefer. Where he talks about ava. What does it mean to love somebody? Ava he told us divas. Ava love comes from giving, right? Kilimisha nosim yoser or havim osav yoser. The more you love somebody, sorry, the more you give to somebody, the more you love them, right? Not the opposite. We've talking about this before, right? Move on, divas tarte Right, the idea of giving and being forced are opposites of each other. Right, nedivas is I give because I want to. Right, that's by the mishkan. Anyone wants to give if they want to. Being hechrech, being forced, is the opposite. The idea of giving though can only happen with somebody who's choosing. Right, only a person who can choose. Right. This whole idea, we've, we've talked about before, right? You, you love the, the individual to whom you give, right? If we give more to somebody, that will build love, fine. But the, but the point is, that's only because I can choose to give. If I'm being forced to give to that person, I'm not going to come to love them because I'm not choosing it, right? Only I can, can give if I choose, right? By angels, Rak bechinas yira. Malachim don't have love of Hashem. They only have fear of Hashem. Why? They have fear only. The angel doesn't choose, right? They can't have love because they don't choose to give of themselves to somebody else. He points out, you have times where you say, say about them. That just means that they, that they have achdas with each other. But they don't, they don't give to each other. The Rizal says that the other Rishon sinned, he did it on purpose, like the Shem Shemaim. How is that? So he wanted to have more opportunities to choose. Right? Once, the, once the, the Chet of Adam Rishon had him, what happened, what happened? Now they know, now they have Yetzahara. And now the opportunity to do good or bad. They didn't have that opportunity before they said a whole other conversation. But he points that out. Okay, so what? That he wanted to be able to choose. Because if you can choose to do the right thing and choose to give to somebody, then you can come to love them more. And we said that we just quoted this Maral before. They saw it so clearly, right? That they, that they, couldn't, that they were like forced, right? And we know when it comes to Kabbalah Satora, that was that they, they came back to like Ganeidah. Right? At the time of Matan Torah, they were like Adam Arishon before the Avera because they, they couldn't even have the concept of choosing bad. It was so obvious to them. They just knew truth and, 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 and that which was false. So what? So imagine saying such a thing. At the time of Matan Torah, the Jewish people were missing something. They had the clarity, but they didn't have the opportunity to give of themselves because everything was so obvious. So this is the idea that I think the Rav Desha adds, it's so beautiful, that when you, what's the importance of, of choosing Torah? It's because when I choose something, if I chose it, Right? That means in a certain sense I'm giving of myself to Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that creates a sense of Avas Hashem. Like, we couldn't have it before we had that opportunity to choose. Right? And that... So, so, so what? So, 
um, Rashi in that Gemara, which talks about Yomar B'Simcha. So he says, it's during those, those Nisim, he says, that it happened to B'nai Yisrael, the miracles of Purim and Pesach. Right? We like, we remark B'Simcha even more than what we had before. That Simcha that we have of other, other holidays is amazing, but we add on to it right, when we go to, 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 to Purim. Why? Because in every relationship, right, every relationship needs reciprocity. Right? Kodesh Baruch Hu takes us out and he wants us to respond to him. Right? And that gives us that, that opportunity when it comes to Kabbalah Torah. So Kodesh Baruch Hu has that moment of coercion where he makes it clear to us and shows us what, 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 what's really the truth here. But then he's waiting for us right, to respond. And Purim, all of a sudden, which is all about Hester Panim, all about Kodesh Baruch Hu not being there, all about a time when we can't see him, all about a time when things are murky and unclear. And what do we choose? We choose Hadar V'Kiblu, Kibu V'Kiblu Ayyudim. It's such a tremendous sense of, the, again, like a pride for Hashem. But also, if it feels good for us, right? Like any person, right? You feel good when you give. When you give, that's that's the ability to feel like a you feel like a mensch, right? You feel like you feel like a person when you're able to give to somebody else, right? That's when you feel you feel positive about yourself. You feel good about life. You feel you have meaning when you're giving back. In a certain sense, perm is that opportunity to give back. So 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 let's answer our questions though now. What was our first question? We don't say Misha Nichnas Kislev Marbusimcha. We only say it when it comes to the whole month of Adar. Why is that? So Ritwitzka wanted to say if if it's a new Kabbalah Satorah, Kabbalah Satorah takes right, we have a whole a whole process of getting ready for Kabbalah Satorah, right? We have forty nine days where we count, like a Svira, right? So if that's a Kabbalah so that's what Adar is, if if Purim is a Kabbalah Satorah also, so what does that mean? It also requires a preparation and a recognition that all this time of Adar is like that. That, you know, building that sense of choice, of, cho- of choice, of choosing a Kadosh Baruch Hu. If that's true also, what's the Simcha of Purim? Where does it come from? Where does it emanate from? It's exactly this point, that, that ability to, 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 to show myself that, I, that I'm choosing a Kadosh Baruch Hu, that I'm choosing Torah Mitzvos. That's, a, that's a, an, another level of coming from the Hashem, right, but because I want it, not because I feel fearful of Him. Um, and if that's true, how is Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur why is it only, in a certain sense, uh, you know, similar but secondary to Purim? Because Yom Kippur is Tshuva Meira, right? Yom Kippur is a Kadosh Baruch Hu, you know, and then I'm doing it because I'm nervous, right? Shaking and trembling and nervous and, and what's it going to be, etc. As opposed to Purim, which is the opposite. A Purim is a much higher level. A person choosing a Bechira, choosing to come to Kadosh Baruch Hu, coming to have that connection. So... And that's really, by the way, all the days, all the mitzvahs of Purim. All the mitzvahs of Purim reflect that Ava, right? It's all, Purim is all about giving, right? When we have a time, we're, so we're supposed to give tzedakah. Tzedakah is a, a beautiful mitzvah, right? All of a sudden comes Purim and says, a mitzvah specifically to give. I'm supposed to always make sure people have the suda, the suda's Purim they want. No, just to care about each other. No, comes Purim with mishloach manos, to give to each other, to feel that sense that when I give, I, I, I really, I really, I, I feel that simcha even more. I'm sameach others, that brings simcha to myself, right? That's, that's what Purim is all about, right? It's really about the day when I can be sameach somebody else. A day when I'm, I feel the simcha of my giving to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that brings a, a tremendous sense of, of joy. Again, not a simcha of the craziness of Purim. Okay, so the craziness of Purim is a whole other conversation maybe. But, uh, but uh, maybe this year when we don't have as much of the opportunity for the craziness, but we do have the opportunity of reflection. Or the opportunity of appreciation for, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, let's do it, right? Maybe this year even more, right? We have that chance to, to how much do we appreciate that which we're able to do right now and what, how much we couldn't do before. 
Um, and now slowly we're getting that chance to come back to, to, to normal, come back to shul, come back to learning in a normal way, come back to feeling like ourselves again. Uh, we are not all there yet, don't worry, I'm not there yet either. But hopefully on our way to, to feeling that sense of a karsatov for what we do have. And again, when we, when we, choose, when we choose it, that's, it's, just, it's just such a greater feeling of, of uh, you know, what we all want our kids to do in the end of the day, right? We want them to, to choose, to choose, to make choices, to make good choices. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, make good choices. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm giving you the option because when you make good choices, you feel good about it. Um, and I think that's, you know, in, in a sense, that's like the, the beauty of Purim. It's the day when we choose Hashem, right? As opposed to Shavuos is the day when Hashem chooses us. Um, Purim is a day when, when we choose we choose back and we say we want it we're in we, we appreciate it so there's no greater simcha than feeling that you made a good choice and you have that and you have that relationship that we should use Purim as a day to uh, appreciate that which we choose you know all of us have chosen the Rebbe Shalom in our own way we all continue to choose him we continue to uh, to grow and to choose more and I think whether that's in learning whether that's in tefillah whether that's in other mitzvot whether it's in you know, our commitment to each other in different ways. We all continue to choose Hashem. And I think that we can uh, use this Purim, a day when maybe, again, I know for myself, definitely feeling I have a lot, of, I have people in quarantine in my house, we're going to be by ourselves and for Purim, a lot of us. Um, we're going to, you know, we'll spend Purim together and that'll be great. Um, and, and, and to recognize in the end of the day, it's not about how much everyone else can make me crazy and excited on Purim, it's about how much I can feel it in here. In the sense that I get the Abraham the chose me and I get to choose him back. And I think that's a very special thing that we can appreciate. Okay. Thank you. Okay.